The question is actually the first step. What companies need to focus on is they need to focus on bringing an outside expertise into their company to teach a sales methodology that they believe in. Now I say outside because you don't want to take, you don't want to create a sales trainer role internally because typically if somebody's really great at selling, you're not going to put them in a sales training role because they're just not going to have that much impact. You're going to want to keep them selling. David is the founder CEO of Hire to Fit that later transitioned into Boney Fit and finally into Unclosed Sale that was launched last year. David Boney uses his experience and expertise in sales to dive deeper into misconceptions and myths about sales. He further highlights key takeaways from his book, Sales as Leadership, and gives advice on what companies should expect when handling sales. Do you know the difference between sales and marketing? Well, Stay tuned and know it all. Join us as we uncover a whole new world from our diverse community of entrepreneurial leaders. Ladies and gentlemen, join me in welcoming David Boney. So David, thank you so much for being with us today. Um, first things first, many pe- people confuse sales with marketing. So what is sales and how different is sales from marketing? Yeah, it's a great question. The, the general princi- principles around marketing and sales are they're technically the same at the foundational level. We are, we're trying to connect with people's problems and the pains that they're going through to use that as a point of connection to get them to see that a solution that we have is going to improve their life or improve their situation. The difference mainly between marketing and sales is marketing will drive a sale via just online, an online platform right. potentially. And that's usually for a low dollar product. Um, sales, an actual sales conversation needs to come in when the solution is potentially more complex okay. or when the solution is higher in, uh, higher in value if it costs more. And the difference between that conversation and your general marketing copy is marketing copy is going to take a stab at what the market's general problems and pains are to say, hey, this is what we know you're going through. Does this resonate Sales is a conversation with someone that's going to create a more tailored, um, more specific set of problems and pains that a prospect is dealing with, which creates more awareness and clarity around the problems and pains that they're dealing with, which will ultimately drive them to, uh, which will drive them to have a bigger desire to take action to solve those problems and relieve that pain, which is necessary for a higher dollar solution. Okay, so um, you founded both Hire to Fit and Boney Performance. What measures can you share with us for our listeners to learn from you about sales, aside from you know the key points that you've highlighted in my first question? Yeah, yeah, sales, sales is a very, um, it can be a very tricky thing for a lot of people. Yeah. And I think the first thing that we need to make sure we're trying to address within the industry of sales um, and the craft of sales, as I call it, is we need to be able to rid ourselves of the stigma around sales, Okay. the stigma that we're doing something selfish and we're doing something self-serving when we're having a sales conversation, if we're trying to get people to buy something from us. 
Okay. That usually brings a level of distrust into sales conversations. And that level of distrust muddies up the anybody, but specifically the prospect's ability to be able to clearly understand what they're currently going through so that they can make a clear decision on how to create change in their life. So what we want to do is we want to make sure as salespeople, we understand, and what I call uh, the sales position is, I call it being a change agent. Okay. You're there to facilitate an effective conversation with people that will bring them to a point of clarity on whether or not they want to create change in their lives in a way that's associated with your product or service. And as long as you can have effective conversations with people and bring them to the point of, of clarity around, around that, then they'll be able to ultimately make the decision on your own or on their own. And you're not having to sell them anything. And I think that's the clear thing where we need to understand that sales is, is a tool that can change the world and help people change their lives and not something that's slimy or sleazy. All right. So, and when we do that, we can engage in the craft with a clearer conscience and a, and a lot more excitement. Right. Great. So when you, when you talk about that, what, what would you say is the biggest misconception when it comes to understanding what sales is about? Yeah, that, that is a, that is actually the perfect question. The biggest misconception about sales really comes down to people thinking that sales is about my company or the product I'm selling. And we come in with, with a me first intention when a sales conversation is really about the prospect. It's about serving another human being. It's about helping them get clear on the problems that they're dealing with and the pain that that's causing. And if those problems can be resolved, what are the outcomes that they can expect to achieve? And by making the conversation 80% about the prospect and what they're going through in those areas, that allows you to now get enough information about what they're currently going through so that you can actually see if your solution will actually work and and, uh, create effective change in their lives. But so many salespeople are so focused on what they're selling, what their company has to offer, and they completely miss the point that this is about the other person. Right. And if they can shift their mindset there and start to serve others through those conversations, not only will they be able to um, convert more prospects, but they'll feel a lot better about what they're doing. They get more referrals because they're having powerful conversations with people who appreciate the clarity that they've been able to bring um, and, uh, overall, um, higher levels of success are going to follow. Right. So, um, in previous, um, interactions with our team, you highlighted that sales appeals to pain and pleasure. Could you please, um, you know, highlight more on this or tell us more about it? Yeah. Yeah. The, the, this goes back to Sigmund Freud and, uh, Actually, 100 years ago, this year, back in 1920, he came up with the pain-pleasure principle. Okay. And what the the pain-pleasure principle uh, states is that people take action to either avoid pain or seek pleasure. Okay. Those are the two core reasons why everybody takes action. And when you break down the pleasure side of it, people actually get pleasure from relieving pain. Right. Okay. Let's say you have some discord in your life. If you can solve for that pain, you actually feel pleasure from that. So essentially what it states is 
about 75% of our actions are based on avoiding or relieving pain and 25% um, are based on the pursuit of pleasure. So as I talked about earlier, our ability to be able to uncover what's going on in um, a prospect's life or in their current situation is absolutely critical if we're going to uncover the pain that they're dealing with for the vast majority of people or the pleasure that they're seeking. And when we can get down and get clear on those critical elements and then the problems that are getting in the way that are keeping them from relieving that pain or achieving that pleasure, when our solution aligns to those problems, now we've created a dialogue that creates a lot of clarity for our prospects to help them determine whether or not they should be purchasing our solution or not. Because it's not up to me to force them to want to buy my solution. Right. It's up to me to have a conversation, tee up what's most important to them, which is relieving pain um, or uh, pursuing pleasure, and then aligning the solution to the problems that are keeping them from getting there. And that's where everything gets a lot easier. Um, now, what most people will say is, well, why do we have to talk about their problems and pains? Right. Because they're already aware of what those are. And that's actually the big uh, misconception out there that's been created over the last five to 10 years. The vast majority of pro prospects that you'll talk to are actually an avoidance of their pain. We all wake up every day and we justify, rationalize, and make excuses for the pain that we're going through in our lives so we can get through the day and just feel a little bit better. And when that piece of marketing goes out and it agitates that pain enough to get me to take action to want to talk to a salesperson, if the salesperson can help the prospect create deeper levels of clarity around the pain that they're going through and the problems that they're experiencing, the pain that they're actually trying to avoid consistently, that pain will be in full form right in front of them. And it will be so clear. The prospect won't be able to go back into their avoidance around the pain and they will need to take massive action to finally solve the problems that are causing that pain. And that's how we get people into massive action by creating clarity because they are confused. They are, um, uh, um, they, they have, they have cluttered minds. And if they can get someone to, to take them through that kind of process, it's actually, it serves them at a very high level and helps them create the change that they haven't, that they weren't able to create themselves. All right. So just thinking about what you've said and I do understand what you're saying, but, um, Maybe, maybe just to be, just to play the devil's advocate here. Mm -hmm. How would you say sales has played, what role sales has played in um, sort of building that lack of clarity, sort of having this um, perception of creating the disease and then selling the cure? What perspective would you say sales has had like a role in, in, in building that narrative? Oh, absolutely. 100%. Sales has played a role in that. And it's really been ineffective sales conversations um, and ineffective sales methods right. that have been trained at large that have, that have caused that. And essentially what happens within a sales conversation is you need to be able to bring high levels of clarity to your prospects, like I, like I just mentioned. Okay. But you also need to bring new insights. The reason why most people are in pain is because they're not experts in the area that they're experiencing pain in. Okay. If they were, if they had an expertise around that, they wouldn't be in pain. They would have solved it a long time ago. 
So because they're, they have an, a level of incompetence around, their, um, uh, around the area that they're experiencing pain in, we've got to be able to bring new insights to them to help them see this isn't your problem. Your problem is actually this bigger thing. And when we do that, that gives them clarity into the problem that, that they actually have to solve. And then the high clarity helps them with why they need to solve it. What most salespeople do when it comes to, um, how did you word it? Uh, 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 create the, the create disease, the disease and, the then, <laughs> and then sell the cure. They create the disease by just focusing on the new insights. Right. They create fear in people by saying, this is what's going on in your industry. This is what's going on in your world. You should be afraid of this. Here are the bigger problems that you're dealing with without actually understanding what's going on in the prospect's current situation. And because there's a lack of clarity there, what I liken it to as salespeople is when we do that, we're committing malpractice. Right. Because... And, and you actually, you use the perfect terminology there. We're actually creating a solution and offering up a solution without actually going through the due diligence of understanding what's going on with the prospect in their current situation and whether or not it's actually going to solve the pain that they're going through and why they wanted to schedule time to talk with you in the first place. Right. Great. Thank you so much for that. I think sales is such an underdog to me that... This is also a learning process on 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 my end <laughs> as the host sure. and as as well as like as, as a future listener. Um and you seem to have like a lot of expertise on that, which you know we really appreciate. So um you authored a book titled Sales is Lead- Leadership. Uh yeah. what was the inspiration behind this? Yeah, it, it was really over the last uh five to ten years as I've led uh, revenue pr- producing teams, um, as I've gotten into sales coaching and I've had to coach, whether it be solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, or, uh, sales teams at small to medium sized businesses. Right. One of the things that I've realized is that misconception that you talked about, um, and the, uh, the moral dilemma is actually one of the biggest things that's holding people back from as entrepreneurs or as salespeople for companies who have a great product or service, that moral dilemma is what's keeping them from engaging in sales activities in a really effective way that helps the company grow. And companies with great products and services that can create change for the market that they're in, they need these salespeople to go through and do the best work possible and create a high quantity of high quality customers. And in, in going through that moral dilemma, one of the things that I realized is people didn't actually see the point of sales as we talked about before. Sales is about having a psychological conversation with someone to help them get clear on the pain that they're going through, Uh to help them identify the problems that are actually causing that pain, to understand the outcomes that can be expected once those problems are solved, and then creating clarity on why they haven't been able to do it on their own. When we can do those four things and then align our solution to the problem or the problems that are holding them back, we have effectively helped that prospect create outcomes in their life that they wouldn't normally have been able to achieve. We have created clarity in a cluttered mind. So my definition of leadership is leading people to outcomes they wouldn't normally be able to achieve. 
And that is exactly what I feel sales is. Sales is a leadership position and not a manipulation position. It is a conversation of helping people create the clarity that they need to choose to take action that will create the change that they want in their lives. I'm just a facilitator in that conversation. They're giving me all of the information and they're ultimately making the decision. And that's why ultimately sales is leadership. And if we can, if we, across the sales culture, if we can change that mindset and that dynamic, I think the overall stigma around sales over the next uh, 20 to 30 years can start to peel away. Um, I think the talent that we're losing out of the sales role because people do feel weird about being in that position. Um, and, and not only that, the lack of success that's in there um, that's occurring in, in sales roles right now. We can keep the best talent as well in sales roles. And when we start to do that, then more companies are going to succeed. More people in markets are going to be buying the solution that they actually need to create the change that they want. And the world overall, the ripple effect of that uh, will be pretty magnificent and the world overall will improve. This podcast is brought to you by Venture by AOU, a free course for entrepreneurs. Do you want to know how to overcome entrepreneurial challenges from real life experiences? Well, Venture is an online course designed for young and aspiring entrepreneurs. It features more than 10 AOU entrepreneur leaders who will guide and inspire young entrepreneurs. You can find Venture on venture.aoueducation.com. Once again, venture.aouieducation.com. Venture, a course for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. Now back to our conversation. Great. And I think that seeps into my next question, which um, involves like, you know, workshops to improve the performance of teams, particularly around sales and companies, because it is a common thing that occurs in, you know, a lot of ventures, a lot of businesses. So aside from the main four problem statements that you highlighted when, you know, you were thinking about or looking into the inspiration behind sales as leadership, what are the key three to four steps that should be emphasized during like workshops to improve the performance of teams? Yeah. Uh, Again, a great question because one of the biggest problems facing every company in sales positions is the majority of their sales training is coming from the sales manager. And the sales manager was typically the highest performing sales rep that they promoted up into the management position. And now they expect that person to effectively train the entire team. Now, just because somebody's great at sales, it doesn't mean they're a great coach. It doesn't mean that they even understand why they're great at sales. A lot of salespeople, a lot of of good salespeople, it's it's intuitive for them. They don't actually have a process to break down that they can actually give to other people. And just because you're good at sales doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be a great leader of people either. So, the question is actually the first step. What, what most companies or what companies need to focus on is they need to focus on bringing an outside expertise into their company to teach a sales methodology that they believe in. Right. Now I say outside because you don't want to take, you don't want to create a sales trainer role internally because typically if somebody's really great at selling, you're not going to put them in a sales training role because they're just not going to have that much impact. You're going to want to keep them selling um, so you bring in an outside, uh, an outside 
uh, company that can conduct these workshops. And that's the most critical step. Stop forcing your sales managers to be the trainers. And in larger organizations that have multiple teams, if you have five or six different managers, now you have five or six different sales methodologies going around and you have wildly inconsistent um, uh, quality of sales, which disrupts customer service, um, uh, frustrates the customer service team. Um, it uh, impacts the brand. It impacts profitability. There's 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 a, a magnitude of problems uh, that come along with that. So that that that's step number one. Step number two is you've got to find the middle ground. Sales methodologies today exist in one of two forms. They're either scripts that when you have a conversation with a dynamic human being fall apart after minute two of the conversation, or there are principles. Here are the nine principles of selling. Take these nine things and go take it into a dynamic conversation with a human being and try to effectively um, uh, uh, help them create the change that they want. The middle ground is what I call a framework. A framework has some scripted language, but it also has sections. It has clear goals and outcomes that you need to be able to achieve at each stage in the conversation with scripted language that can help in certain areas where it's needed. Um, so that that's absolutely critical. Don't bind your people down with a script and don't give them vague principles that's going to create wild uh, inaccuracy um, or variability in how they're executing. Step three is always invest in it. You're never going to get there. Just like there are no perfect leaders in the world, there are no perfect companies, there are no perfect salespeople. It's a craft that we have to continue to invest in week after week, month after month, quarter after quarter, and year after year. And we want to make sure that people understand that their ability in the sales position to to earn an unlimited amount of income is absolutely there, which will make them, which will keep them from wanting to leave the sales position to go ascend up and grow and make more money. So that's actually step number four. Make sure in your company, you have an ascension plan for your salespeople so that they can do the thing that they love, they can invest in it long term, yeah. they can be great at it, but they don't feel that they need to move into a leadership position or another position in the company to actually grow and ascend. We need to keep our best people in the role that uh, most people say sales is the lifeblood of any company. That's where we want our tenured people. That's where we want our most skilled people. Right, great. So would you would you say that this applies to all types of businesses? Because the tone of um, your response sounded like it was like for really big corporations that are maybe trying to build on their sales department um, and just maybe do a bit of personal de- development to, to a certain extent. Would you say this applies to small entrepreneurs or enterprises uh, that are just starting out? Yes, absolutely. So it, it, let, let's say you're the solopreneur. Right. You've got to get past the stigma of sales and you have to start in, to invest there because your, ability, your company's ability to create change in the world is going to be 100% um, dictated by your ability to market effectively and ultimately sell people. Right. You can be the greatest, uh, you can have the greatest product or service in the world, but if you can't get the word out to people, if you can't get them clear on why they should... Um, uh, uh, purchase it, you're not going to, you're not going to create very much change at all. So you've got to invest there. That's critical. As your company's growing and you start to hire on a salesperson, right. you've got to make sure you're also investing in training for that person. Um, 
to make sure that they're continuing to grow and don't think that it's all on you or you have to hire somebody who's already an expert at sales. Um, that's just not, that's, that's not the way to go about it. As your sales team grows, don't promote your best salesperson into a manager position um, uh, uh, like we talked about and make that mistake and lose your, hot, your, your top performer right. just because you don't have it structured in a way where they can continue to develop and grow. Um, and then a- as you do go, w- one other thing I, I'll, I'll say, Savannah, is the, in today's world, you know, you've got the interim CFOs for small companies. Right. A great CFO that's basically a consultant or a part-time team member. So you get access to a great mind for a little bit of money. You have the same thing with uh, interim CMOs. And you can also do the same thing with interim uh, sales VPs. You don't have to go as your company is growing at that small to medium size um, uh, clip. You don't need to go hire an expensive VP of sales that might come in and disrupt your culture. That is going to cost you a lot of money to bring in and you hope that they come in and actually can bring the result. You can bring in outside help. Uh, for you as the sales CEO, so someone who can support you, someone who can help you grow the team effectively while keeping your expenses down and also creating a better result than the vast majority of sales VPs that are out there um, would be able to create. And I get that. I get that. Um, from from what I'm understanding, <laughs> um, starting sales or doing sales within your enterprise doesn't take much. It just takes... Uh, it takes it takes a lot of initiative and being very intentional with what you want to achieve um, for your company in order for it to grow. That's just what I'm understanding from what you're saying, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how should entrepreneurs and companies like approach sales given the changing dynamics of businesses as a result of the pandemic? You know, obviously we're living in, you know, difficult times now. Um, there's a new normal, but it's not so normal you know, what advice would you have for such companies and enterprises that are coming up? Yeah, a very, very relevant question. Um, the only thing I can say, Sven, is that the companies that I work with right now, they're actually performing just as well as they were before the pandemic. Um, and as we've looked at it, the main thing that we've been able to determine is people are still spending money right now. Right. You can look at all the analytics. People are still spending money. What changes when you get into um, uh, a volatile economy, a recession, whatever, you know, a, a pandemic, that hopefully this doesn't become commonplace, so this is a thing <laughs> of the past. But when, when we fall into, into these kind of situations, what happens is people are still spending money. They're just, the number of priorities that they're focused on, and I'm just going to throw out some arbitrary numbers, Instead of spending money on 10 different priorities, they're now going to focus their money on six different priorities. Right. So they're still spending money. It's just on fewer things. And the companies and the salespeople that excel during a recession or a pandemic are the ones that are having very powerful conversations with right. people that help them create clarity on what is actually going on so that they can come to that point of decision because then when pain is clear and the problems associated with that pain are, are clear, all of a sudden we're higher up on the priority list right. and they continue to spend money with us. What happens is the companies that are having ineffective sales conversations and we're still getting people to convert, uh, but not as high, their, their conversion rate actually goes down. 
And the biggest thing I can say for, for sales organizations is when, when, when your sales reps are saying, hey, you know, nobody's buying. They say they don't have money. They say that, they, they say that they're, they're uh, not in a position to do this. It's not that they're lying. That is what they're hearing. They just don't have the tools to have an effective conversation because essentially what the prospect is saying is, hey, we're not going to prioritize this right now. We're prioritizing other things. We're not going to prioritize your solution. We're going to prioritize a different solution for a different set of problems and pains that we have. And the, um, the control that sales reps have when they can understand that now starts to come back because now as long as they can have powerful conversations and they can get high enough on the priority list, their conversion rate will be largely uh, unimpacted. And uh, the company can continue to um, excel and create change in the market, um, uh, uh, create change in the market that they're serving. Wow. Thank you so much for that. Um, maybe just to close off this episode, I'd like to break the ice because I realized we didn't break the ice in the beginning. And I'd just like um, to just ask, what has been the best advice you've been given getting into the industry that you've been in for quite some time now? Um, I know it's yeah. a lot. It's a lot to think about. Yeah, you have to dial it down to like the most significant yeah. piece of advice you've been I, given. I think <laughs> the uh, it's not a one-liner, um, and so it might be an accumulation of advice that I've actually distilled down into into a specific set. I truly believe that we all, based on how, based on our our genetics, our makeup, our experiences in life, we all have specific passions for different things in the world. We all have passion for uh, a specific market, wanting to serve a specific market and wanting to solve a specific problem in the market. And if we can go through a process of discovery on that, who do we really want to serve in the world? Who really matters? In my career, um, right. I focused on uh, people that didn't have a college education because my mother didn't have a college education and that capped what she could provide for us uh, as a single mother. Um, I focused mm -hmm. on entrepreneurs because my father was an entrepreneur. Um, who, are the, who are the markets that you care about that you really want to help change or create effective change for? And what, what, um, what right. skills have you been given? What gifts have you been given that will allow you to uniquely help them solve those problems. Because when we can c connect and tap into our native genius, life gets so much easier and it's so much more fun. Success follows us so much easier and we have a lot more fun in the process of doing it. Um, but usually it's a lack of self-awareness in those areas and people following what they think they're supposed to do in their career um, or in their entrepreneurial journey that actually holds them up. Um, so to succinctly say it, piece of advice, do the self-discovery on, on what you're gifted at and, and who you care, uh, about helping to create change and what problems you want to, you, you want to solve for the world and follow that with reckless abandon. And I might add that every, there's always a problem to be solved, but not yes, every problem is worth solving. Exactly. <laughs> and that goes back to the priorities, right? We all have problems, all right, but not all of them are worth solving right exactly, now. Exactly. Yeah. We're just going to focus on the ones that are worth it. Yep. Yeah, right. Yes. Thank you so much, David, for being with us today. Um, maybe you can tell us where we can find you on your socials or what platforms you generally use to like, you know, spread your gems of knowledge. Yep. Uh, if, if you guys want to learn more, theunclosedsale.com 
um, is where you can find me. Uh, you can sign up for a newsletter um, and other other little tidbits of information. Um, and uh, and as far as social platforms, I try to stay away from uh, a lot of that, <laughs> <laughs> given some of the dynamics going on uh, and where the business is at. But yeah, right. theunclosedsale.com is where you can find me. All right, then. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. That was David Boney, your go-to sales connoisseur. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find us on Spotify, Anchor, and Apple Podcasts for exclusive access to all the gems of knowledge we drop here. Remember to subscribe to this podcast on your preferred platform. This is the AOU Podcast, Entrepreneur Leadership in Africa. Real stories, real experiences.